This is episode 10, and my guest today is Sarah Flayhan. Sarah is a marketeer and a data analyst. Her career path is highlighted with one success after the other, and she's worked with various international startups and corporations. She's only 24, but her experience ranges from innovation management to data analysis to corporate events, and it gives her a unique perspective and approach to marketing. She's worked with big names like Karim, Arabnet, Clarence Sidorf, and most recently at Telco Disruptor Beyond. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me in this conversation today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm super excited for our conversation, so looking forward. Welcome to the Leadership Activators podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here. If you haven't met yet, my name is Carol Issa. I'm a former sound engineer turned professional coach for leaders and entrepreneurs. And I truly believe that it's so important to surround yourself with resourceful minds because it just takes most of the time just one idea to create massive change in your life. With each episode, I bring you a special guest or message to help you enable the leader in you and live life on your terms. I trust you'll enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being you. You know, when most students graduate from university, they have this idea of what a dream job looks like. And I think it was the same for you based on some previous conversations we had. And only to find out further down the track that it was nothing like what you thought it was going to be. So can you share more about what it looked like for you and what it turned out to be? Yes, of course. So basically, I always wanted to be a businesswoman. But I did end up in business, but chose to have a completely different routine than that of the businesswoman I aspired to be when I was 17. The morning of the businesswoman I imagined when I was 17, or even before I graduated from uni, was inspired from the Devil Wears Prada uh, movie. Waking up every day, picking out my former clothes, uh, heels, the Gucci bag, uh, arriving uh, to work uh, at 8 a.m. sharp, with coffee in hand, skimming through my emails uh, from my 20th floor office, all alone. And uh, yeah, my mornings of the businesswoman I chose to be today, and what I end up uh, doing is uh, completely different. I woke up every day uh, in coffee in bed, skimming through LinkedIn. If I do not have a meeting in work, at work, I make sure that I'm uh, passing through Duncan, having my coffee with my uh, sweater and my pottery glasses and seeing who I want to share a, do- a donut with. And when I arrive to the office, I choose a seat. I never go to my office. Maybe I would sit with the IT people because they have some cool music going on in the background. Looks like it's a pretty relaxed yeah. and um, laid back environment that you're in. Oh, definitely. So what is it that makes you happy in your current role? Basically, what makes me happy is uh, having the chance to own my project, to uh, talk to everybody without thinking that they are either less of uh, what I do at the company or what I offer, but more of everybody offers value uh, kind of culture. And it's not just about how much I'm passionate about what I do, which is marketing and entrepreneurship, but more about the culture I'm surrounded by and the people I work with. Uh, And of course, uh, I'm super passionate about my work because I'm always uh, given the chance to learn something new 
and uh, to uh, sometimes screw up and not do the right thing, but uh, rather saying, okay, let's try it again. Let's see what works. Let's A-B test, as we call it now in growth hacking. So yeah, this is the best part, I would say. I absolutely love how is it that you're leaning into learning and getting curious about, let's see how we're going to figure it out along the way. And you're not afraid to fail. Actually, you embrace failure fully, which is awesome. Absolutely love this mindset. <laughs> Talking about the failure and embracing failure, which is very much what entrepreneurs do. Mm. At some point, you've started a side business uh, or a side hustle, uh, like entrepreneurs call it. What was the driving force behind this? I had a nine-to-five job. I'm always happy with the job that I take. Uh, and that's very important for me uh, because I spend around eight to nine hours. I would say, I'm kidding, it's more of 10 to 11 hours <laughs> sometimes. But uh, uh, there's always uh, a drive for me to do more. And this is more of uh, the personality I've tend to build myself. Uh, uh, but so if I'm doing marketing, I'm also, I do not want to miss on the entrepreneurial part as well. And if uh, and when I started my career, I uh, started in the entrepreneurial sector with an accelerator, uh, always seeing how businesses evolve from idea stage to an actual registered business that makes money, that hires new people, that uh, uh, basically offers uh, a place where, where they simplify the lives of others and build an institution that inspires. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to miss so much on that. So while I was doing my full-time job, I was also taking uh, side hustles on the entrepreneurial, uh, on the entrepreneurial uh, uh, stage, I would say. I was the project manager of uh, an incubator, um, made sure that I was part of uh, all of the events uh, that dealt with the entrepreneurial uh, world in the MENA region, because I also worked on the event side. So I was doing events. Uh, accelerating programs, also started my own startup and failed. Uh, also running the full-time job all at once. I think uh, that was part of, as well why it failed. I uh, Making sure to uh, give everything its uh, time is very important. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about this as we go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure that we're going to get around this uh, further down the track in the conversation. There is so much I know that you're looking forward to sharing. What is it that you have learned when you had this side hustle going? It was tricky and I would not say that I learned it the easy way uh, because when you take a side hustle, you're like, yeah, at the first, uh, when you first take it, it's like, yes, it's extra cash, it's extra money. Well, the first thing that I learned that it's not that. Uh, it's not just, um, let me give you an example. It's not when I'm, I'm going to take a cooking class every Thursday, for example. Uh, no, it should be in my free time, I'm going to make a business baking cookies and selling them. So it should be more about uh, uh, your passion and uh, how you uh, monetize that passion and make sure that you bring it to action. And because you are so passionate about the thing that you're doing, it's suddenly making extra cash for you because you're so good at it. And uh, this is exactly what a side hustle should be. It shouldn't be about, uh, let's, uh, let's say, data entry because, you know, it brings me extra $20 or extra 20 bucks. Or, yeah, I'm helping these people because at the end of the day, they're going to give me a full-time job that's going to make me X uh, dollars. No, it should be about you're building this 
side career for yourself that you enjoy and you wouldn't say you're working, but rather you're having fun while you make some extra cash on the side. It's the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So what I'm hearing from this is that it's not just about making the money. Money is a byproduct of what you're really good at, what you're passionate about, and something that can bring value to people. Yeah, so, it's uh, the Halloween treats. Yeah, the money I hear is the you, Halloween absolutely. Treats. Yeah, it's yeah. about really aligning with, you can feel that you're in flow, that you're aligned with your purpose, that it's really fueling your day as opposed to bringing you down and feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to work. So what you're saying is that yeah. you, people want to make sure that what they're doing is something that they are deeply passionate about and at the same time they're talented in and they can feel mm -hmm. that it's giving them this inner fuel as opposed to bringing them down. So it's propelling them forward. Beautiful, love yeah. that. So... Managing time effectively is one of the biggest challenges that most people face. Interestingly, mm -hmm. in your case, you did not only have the responsibility of leading your role in your nine to five job, you as well had to manage your time creating your side hustle. So how yeah. is it that you made it happen? Two things. This is why, again, I say I learned it the hard way and this is where my startup failed. Uh, while it was my side hustle, I needed to establish boundaries and structure in order to keep this lifestyle. It can be uh, hard to unplug from the day job, uh, but in today's startup world, uh, the hours are intense and with technology, you cannot shut off, even if you're not having a side hustle. So why not use that time uh, effectively? Um, it shouldn't interfere with uh, uh, the job performance. This is why I say it should have uh, boundaries uh, and it should have a structure, meaning you need to have a to-do list. You need to have your own KPIs. You need to uh, uh, make sure that you're checking your performance and you're evaluating yourself because there's nobody else to evaluate you. Uh, so it's very important to have a to-do list and this is key. Uh, for, for me, I use Asana, I use Jira, I use Stick, Todoist, you name it. Sometimes I'm using them all and this is not effective, but uh, it brings me a sense of uh, uh, structure and uh, um, a drive for me to go ahead and finish tasks and tick them out. Sometimes I just want to write them down and tick them out. But there are always things on my to-do list that are uh, the same. For example, having my coffee. Uh, having good food, uh, and these are simple, but they're so important. Uh, making sure that uh, I uh, uh, shoot for 10x better, uh, learn something new. So I have LinkedIn learning. Uh, sometimes uh, I just open a YouTube video and I learn something about history. It doesn't have to do with the work or the side hustle even. And uh, yeah. And, uh, some, and it's very important as well to mention that you need to simp simplify and refine the tasks and the crazy ideas uh, to keep yourself uh, completely structured as well. Absolutely. I love that. I love how is it that you are making sure to keep track of your success. So how is it that I know that my day was successful? You make sure that there is a to-do list so that you can keep track of this. And at the same time, you know that there are things that do not move, like you have to be very disciplined about them to know that your day is mm -hmm. going to go well. Um, and there are other things that you can move around. So discipline is super important. I hear this is awesome. Love oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's imagine, for example, that now you're about to hire someone to join you in your side hustle or your business. And mm -hmm. let's Im also imagine that this person 
is 100% you. The way you think, the way you act, <laughs> like everything, it's 100% you. Perhaps not the way you look, that would be a bit weird. Let's <laughs> say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I have a twin sister and, I'm a, and she already doesn't look like me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so, not sure about that. <laughs> so, 100% you in terms of the behavior, the personality, the thinking. First of all, mm. would you hire them? And then if yes or no, why yes or why not? I'm not sure that I want to hire them uh, because um, there are a lot of things that uh, made me realize the pitfalls of uh, uh, what I've passed through because of me being me. And uh, that's a person that's, uh, I say, with a strong personality yet entrepreneurial where I prioritize work and over everything else. Uh, that used to be the case. I'm um, better. I, I'm recovering, let's say. Recovering. Where I'm finding uh, recovering. <laughs> yes. Where I'm trying to uh, just let myself enjoy other stuff as well. And the simplistic stuff, uh, simplistic uh, uh, dreams that I always had when I, from the day I was a little girl. And uh, addiction is a very hard, is a very serious word to say. Uh, but I am addicted to work, uh, to work, and I truly am. And uh, you welcome yourself to a side hustle, and then you're obsessed with striving relentlessly, positive devo devotion of humor. And uh, once you notice, it's impossible to escape. And um, but we all learn to, we all need to learn uh, to not allow it to control us and enjoy the little things that matter while keeping our simplistic uh, hippie dreams alive. And uh, when I say that, I, I would then focus on the fact that I would hire that person, making sure that they do have a, a fun side of them that's still alive and they're nourishing it as much as they're nourishing the learning career and all of that. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's, it's not easy to, uh, uh, to uh, basically evaluate yourself, but uh, uh, that's my evaluation at least. I hear you. So it, it's about really looking at aspects that you find difficult to pull out from, like, uh, let's mm. say, being very much into work and addicted to work, like you shared, you used the word addiction. Um, uh, which takes a lot of courage to share and to say because a lot of people are like I'm not addicted this is not a word and actually you're so right <laughs> the, it, addiction is yeah. across the spectrum so we can ad be addicted mm -hmm. to many things it has nothing to do specifically with let's sure. say alcohol or drugs that people think about straight oh, away no. when you think about addiction addiction can be across the board it can be addiction to laughter to fun to whatever it doesn't have to be there are some yes. good addictions and then there are some unresourceful addictions that do not work so um, it sounds to me like you're looking at um, hiring someone who would remind you to pull out of things that are not serving you and that go into extremes. Like, for example, the fun or, or really, yeah, or, or creating those aspects where, okay, just stop working and try to look after yourself more. Uh, so, oh, yeah. yeah, like stop. Everybody burns out. Everybody has a limit. Everyone. So uh, it's important to know when you reach that, limit and when you are super happy and you're at the climax of your success and adrenaline rush of how well you're doing and then remind yourself that at some point you're going to burn out we're, we're all human beings that will have uh, that in their lives whether it's with work whether it's with family whether it's with friends 
uh, yeah, so just like you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about really learning as well how to pick up those signs and just know when to pause, really, to give yourself the time oh, yeah. to re-energize, to refuel, to recharge. And reflect. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. If I were to tell you, Sarah, who inspires you? Who are the first three people that come to mind? I'm going to choose three people and uh, they're going to be... One, a cartoon character who's uh, Dexter yeah. from uh, Cartoon Networks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that little boy that uh, do, does believe that he can conquer the world and change how uh, the, uh, the technology that the work doesn't know about and uh, still be uh, that child who uh, would cry, you know, and ha wants to have some fun. Uh, that's about uh, what I am like but still want to do more so i would choose dexter as a cartoon character uh, i would choose um i would say as a as a not, not celebrity but as someone who's uh, pretty known for a lot of people hans rosling uh the he's the writer of factfulness uh and uh he's someone who was uh, very mindful about how important data is. He used to say, let my data set change your mindset, uh, meaning that every th he wanted to make sure that the world sees uh, itself from another angle, not that angle that we are moving to something that's uh, really bad, uh, uh, technology is going to take over the world, uh, uh, there is more crime. But that's not true. He shows you over time how through data you can see the progress that we came up, uh, up to till now. And uh, I love that, wanting to show the importance of what we've accomplished and staying positive with data that you can make sense of. I love what you shared around this. Sorry to cut you off. Actually, it's very important to pause right there. I absolutely love what you shared. Yeah. It reminds me of this idea is that what you focus on is what you get. So you can either, let's say in oh, this yeah. case, use data to focus on what's wrong, what's not working. How is it that everything is going downwards and it's, it's horrible and where is it that we're headed? Or you can actually use data to look at the other side of the spectrum, like how is it that we're progressing, how is it that we're evolving, and how is it that we are headed, headed to a better future. So exactly. it's amazing exactly. how is it that you chose to focus on the person who was creating like this uh, opportunity, possibility, positive aspect of the future through data, as opposed to looking at someone who was doing the complete opposite, which is awesome. Thank you for sharing this. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much to learn from this book and from this person and his TED Talks. Uh, so uh, he also explains that factfulness is uh, when you are looking at uh, the world from uh, a realistic perspective and trying to uh, put yourself where you were and where you are. Because when you look at where you are right now, it could, you could find yourself like you're, you're not doing well. But when you remind yourself of the progress that you've been doing, then it's where the actual fact uh, is uh, shown. <laughs> so yeah, we can talk about him all day long. Yeah, this is so important. Actually, it's, it's, it's amazing that you're mentioning this because a lot of people I work with as well sometimes forget where they came from. They're like looking at mm. like, where is it that they want to be? And they get frustrated like they're not progressing fast enough and they completely forget to look at, hang on a minute. 
where is it that you were like a month ago? And they're like, oh yeah, right. I completely forgot to track and I'm just looking at what's missing instead of what I have, which is an interesting balance exactly. that people usually forget. It's, it's always the survival brain, this aspect of human beings, of being a human being to default to what's missing. What is it that we're not having? What is it that we still need to accomplish as exactly. opposed to what we already have and how is it that we can make the most out of it? Definitely looking at progressing. I'm not saying that you should not grow or look to grow. It's mm. more about enjoying both sides and being mindful that both are important to enjoy the process. So yeah, and, what was the, and who was the third person that inspires you? Uh, ironically, you just described the third person that I'm going to talk about right now. He's not just part of my community. He is uh, also my best friend and now my uh, brother-in-law. Nader uh, is someone who always thinks that he's not doing enough. And, and he always thinks that he can do more. And uh, although that's uh, not really good at all times, and my uh, second favorite person that I just mentioned, uh, Hans, uh, describes the opposite of Nader at some point, but Nader always inspires me to go learn more and do, uh, and do more and see that I can progress. I can always uh, be making uh, a conversation turn into something nerdy but fun. You know, and uh, this nerdy, fun environment with someone who is your best friend as well is uh, the reason who I am who I am today. Uh, because uh, it makes me, uh, he makes me uh, feel like I'm always curious. And he uh, allows me to become that of a, a person who's always looking for an answer to why, how, you know. And uh, I read something once that said, the cure of boredom is curiosity. Uh, but there's no cure for curiosity. It's profound. And uh, this is what I learned uh, being friends with another. If you're enjoying this conversation and would like to listen to the other episodes on this podcast, visit carolisa.com slash podcast or search for the Leadership Activators podcast in your favorite podcast app. This is beautiful, actually. It's such an important point to have people on the journey with you as well who can be okay. there to remind you who you are and who you want to be moving forward so that you can keep growing and learning. That's such an important thing to point out. Beautiful. It's awesome that you have mm -hmm. Nader. <laughs> it's interesting because a lot of people as well find, find it challenging to find people to champion them along the way and remind them why is it that they're on this journey so, uh, so that they yeah. hop back on track whenever they're falling and all of this. So I can hear a lot with what you shared that it looks like you have been very much leaning into the growth mindset for, for a long time. I'm wondering when was the first time that you heard about the growth mindset? The first time I heard about the growth mindset was at, during a conference about uh, growth in Isa, uh, one of the uh, universities here in Lebanon. And that was in 2000, end of 2014. And uh, when I heard about it, that's when I uh, was introduced as well to the entrepreneurial world at the same time. Because you cannot talk about the entrepreneurial sector and uh, how you can be agile and grow relentlessly without talking about the growth mindset that you need to entangle along. Uh, so... Um, Yeah, and uh, that, that, the idea of the growth mindset changed a lot as I 
as I, I started working, finished my university, the people I met, the people I've uh, uh, encountered, and the stories that I've read. So, uh, uh, for example, when you uh, uh, when you uh, talk about growth hacking, and which is a buzzword, I would say, uh, I would rather not use it and use the growth mindset. Integral uh, it more on the uh, business aspect, the uh, the way that an entrepreneur uh, would think, uh, would act, and uh, what actions would he do, and with what people on board, because you cannot do it alone. You cannot grow alone. You cannot uh, uh, act uh, on something uh, with some risks uh, uh, there uh, alone. And uh, this is part of what I think of the growth mindset. You cannot do it uh, uh and this goes back to Nader as well, and the people I'm surrounded with. So a growth mindset for me um, is, of course, being agile with uh, how you do stuff. It's uh, being uh, surrounded uh, with the people with similar passion and with uh, uh, the cu- curiosity and uh, willingness to grow uh, and uh, with always finding yourself failing and then going up again and saying, you know what, I'm going to try one more time. So maybe the gold is there right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It reminds me of the song from Diana Crow. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She's a very famous jazz singer. Oh, yeah. And if you ever fall, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and start all over again, something along those lines. So I keep remembering this every time someone shares uh, mm-hmm. something about failure, how is it that you just stand up and try again, like dust yourself off and just keep moving. Oh yeah. It sounds to me like th- this growth mindset helped you a lot, um, not only in um, creating this learning experience for yourself and for others around you and meeting like-minded people so that you can stay with each other on the journey, support each other, champion each other. But as well, interestingly, it prepared you for one of the biggest challenges that we've been going through this year. I'm talking about COVID, of course. But as well, because you're in Lebanon, there has been some very tough challenges coming up with economical crisis on top of everything else. And most probably this growth mindset has prepared you to respond to those challenges differently. So I'm wondering, how is it that you responded, have been responding to the different economical challenges on top of COVID, you being in Beirut? What does it look like? Uh, as you said, it's all about the mindset and uh, keeping yourself uh, in control of that and allowing your allowing yourself as well to, uh, to reflect about everything that you're feeling, you're going through is very important. And giving everything its time to pass is also as important as long as you do not allow it to get in complete control of you. And this is also part of the addiction uh, process as well. But the bad side, I would say. So I read something the other day. It said, you are not working from home. You are at home during a crisis trying to work. And I'm like, wow, this is exactly me. And although my work has always been remote for the past year, at least, I uh, st- when the crisis started, although I had my best friends and my roommates um, in, uh, with me, I was cooking. We, were, we turned our house to a co-working space. With all of that, it was not enough. Uh, you need to always uh, make sure that you're giving yourself time 
to uh, get yourself zoned out from everything that's happening in the outside world. And then making sure that you are involved. For example, going back to what happened recently in Lebanon, it was not easy for me uh, to uh, uh, to basically talk about how it's not okay, it is okay to not be okay. I was always I'm that strong person. Uh, my work is completely in the U.S. market. It was not affected, so I have to go on those those meetings and pretend like nothing is wrong. And this uh, me pretending that nothing is wrong. Uh, reflected uh, badly on how my performance was. Uh, so uh, with the crisis, uh, with, uh, the, uh, co- with COVID taking over, with us losing our ability to go and maybe uh, just uh, have, a, have a coffee outside the, your house, as simple as that, or go for a walk, or maybe partying. With that being taken away from you, a certain lifestyle, you need to fill it out with something as healthy. And uh, surround yourself with people that are uh, not just uh, uh, with a growth mindset, but positive vibes. Uh, people that would t- uh, remind you that it's going to be okay. Everything is going to pass. But you're going to remember that you have done all of this progress with all of this going around, with the crisis. And you're going to give yourself credit. Remember that with even just by waking up, finishing a 9-to-5 job, These days, you need to clap to, your, your, to yourself at the end of the day and say, wow, I've done an accomplishment. This is great. It's not about, oh my God, I haven't done much. This is it, a nine to five job that I've kept. No side hustles. No, we're given the chance now to finish that work from home and take the extra time to cook, to uh, spend with the family quality time that we can never get back, I know for a fact, uh, moving forward with how the things are pacing around. And uh, well, it's a place where it's pushing you to learn when you felt like you did not need to and you're stable with the current work that you have. Nobody feels stability right now. And I think this is the best uh, part uh, for people who know it. It's the adrenaline rush of knowing you need to uh, be the top of... uh, Uh, the bulk of people that uh, are applying to this job and you need to excel. And and when you do, you know you have done a great job because you're standing out. And it would give you a great feeling, I would say. That's awesome. You are actually using the crisis as a propelling force to mm. and seeing it as a growth opportunity. Like you're looking at the challenge, okay, this is an opportunity for me to grow, to learn from it, to be grateful to what I have and seeing how is it that I can make the most out of it, which is beautiful, definitely growth mindset, which is awesome. <laughs> and you're tuning into a community of people who you're surrounding yourself with who think the same. So just in case you happen to forget or someone is there to pulling you down, they're there to remind you exactly. it's not the case. Let's get back on the positive track and see how is it that we can make the most out of it because we're going to come out on the other side stronger and we would have grown. It's not going to be easy. It's not like going to be pink or rosy. But guess <laughs> oh, <no>. what? <laughs> You're going to come out on the other end stronger and really reaching out to the next version of you. So let's take this as an opportunity to move forward. Um, Absolutely, absolutely love this. You just mentioned earlier something about you working remotely and having this opportunity to still have a job on one end and a job that you love on the other hand. 
and um, you, you, the, the company who you're working for is not in Lebanon, which is super interesting. Um, I'm yeah. hearing a lot of people complaining about not having opportunities in Lebanon anymore because of the economical crisis. But you've actually set yourself up to succeed in the world of your career. And you have a job that hasn't been affected by what's going on. So how is it that you landed this job? It was all because of my side hustles. And um, uh, when I left my a full-time job that I really loved, when I left that job, it was because I wanted to start my master's degree and I was underpaid for what I was doing. But then I realized that I was not underpaid. It was just I was doing so much uh, with uh, and working harder and not smarter. So I decided to shift gears and decided to take on the new side hustles on the side while keeping a full-time job and challenging myself that I can be earning more and taking on more responsibilities as long as I really show that I'm up for this game. This allowed me to basically diversify uh, the industries that I'm working with, moving from uh, B2C uh, business uh, uh, to customer to B2B business to business and see if I actually can excel there or not. I've always been that person, actually, that applies, even when I have a full-time job that I'm super happy with. I apply and see where that takes me. So on LinkedIn, it's super easy. Just easy apply to jobs that you are interested to have, not just random jobs that might get you extra cash. And if you are contacted, that's great. That's an extra step. If you're not, see what you're missing in the skills that they're asking for. If they do contact you at the end of the day, Uh, make sure to take the most out of the interview. What is that you're missing? Where is it that you're struggling? Uh, why are they interested in your profile? Are you still up for the job market? That's great. So if they're still talking to me, meaning I'm doing a good job at what I do right now. And this is how I end up, ended up landing my full-time job uh, at, uh, in a U.S. Silicon Valley uh, company, uh, which is basically really is a dream job with the team I'm working with. It wasn't easy, but it's a long process where you need to build yourself a brand, and LinkedIn has allowed that. Build yourself a brand, stay connected, uh, communicate, uh, get yourself uh, and your CV out there, uh, go through interviews, fail, and then look at what skills you can add to perfect that profile for the job that you dream to get at the end of the day. That's awesome. So you, you were all the time on the hunt to look for other opportunities. All the time. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And you were creating your own opportunities as well by creating those side hustles so that you could improve with your experience, you could improve with failing and learning, and at the same time getting to tap into different industries, different um, as well skill sets. So then whenever someone knocks on your door, like, yeah, I'm not only doing this, I can do this and that. And like this gives you a very rich background and a very strong portfolio to stand out. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it gives you an idea, an idea, an indication on how relevant it is, what you are expanding into the market, like again, to going back to this idea of giving value back to the market and what it needs now. So you are ongoingly growing and learning as opposed to just stagnating and sitting in a just nine to five job, which is beautiful. What does the word leadership mean to you? I would say two things, maybe three things. Uh, I, I could not, I even took a course on leadership 
It's the only course that I took a B on, by the way. <laughs> it was an A student. <laughs> How come? But, uh, <laughs> I took a B uh, because, uh, I don't know, apparently because you cannot excel like, your definition or how you can define it or what you can, or how you can talk about it or who is the best leader to uh, uh, basically pick. And uh, from what I learned and from the people that I've worked with and I'm super inspired by and my managers that have supported me a lot along the way, I would say that um, I think it means not being afraid to roll up your sleeves every once in a while and uh, do some uh, dirty work, you know, something that doesn't have to do with your department, but rather jump around and see who needs help and uh, show them that you're able to offer it without them asking. Uh, and this is what, uh, why people at work would love working with you. And this is why people at work would uh, create departments, to, other departments and side projects to work uh, uh, with you. And it could be, and, and reminding ourselves that our side hustles can be something that has to do with our full-time jobs and uh, Basically, bringing something in, something new in with other team members is important. And uh, it's part of the leadership role uh, that uh, we own uh, and we owe this company. And it's also part of um, the core culture values that I learned at Karim while working with them, which is ownership. Taking ownership uh, of something and see if uh, uh, it's completed well. And if uh, you can uh, basically uh, take the responsibility to say that, you know what, I've done something wrong here and it's completely on me. And being able to say that while being completely proud and humbled by the team that worked with you, and although they also did something wrong on the side, but you could have guided better. Um, yeah, you need to take ownership of your mistakes, of your actions, of uh, new projects that you bring in and you binge in for the team. And uh, I think this is uh, how I would uh, define leadership uh, up till now, working. That's awesome. I'm hearing two main themes with what you shared. So one of them is serving mm -hmm. to see what people need help with, even if you're not being asked to help and jump in, like really roll up your sleeves and see where is it that you can help. And um, the other part is about taking responsibility and ownership. So I'm hearing both overarching themes in what you're sharing, which is beautiful. What is your dream, Sarah? Uh, I have many dreams, you know, but uh, I, do have, um, I do have a hippie dream. Uh, and when I say hippie dream, it's because I'm nothing, uh, I'm, I'm nothing like a hippie person. I'm that person who... Uh, Uh, is has a very realistic point of view uh, and uh, and all of that. But uh, I also like to think that I do have this fun side of me that doesn't have to do with technology and with work and with my laptop included and with uh, my even my side hustles right now, but rather this dream that I had when I was a little girl, cooking with my mama in the kitchen, And saying, wow, I would like to have my own concept restaurant at some day, someday in my life. Uh, something that would make me happy without make, thinking that it should bring me $50 million dollars when I retire. It's not, it's not supposed to be my retirement plan, but uh, it should be my retirement mindset. <laughs> That's <why laughs> something that you feel fulfilled dream. with. <laughs> fulfilled with, exactly. With its simplicity, you're super happy. And uh, that's my hippie dream, basically. 
opening my own concept restaurant where I could uh, cook uh, for people different dishes from all the sides of the world, uh, of the world, uh, every day a different dish, while of course bringing them the best coffee in the world, because I'm obsessed with coffee as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned it twice, that's the second time I can hear oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's on my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to-do list, yes. It's the, the discipline must have, otherwise the day doesn't start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's very interesting what you shared about your hippie dream. Um, it's so simple and it's like what really resonates with you because a lot of time people get really stressed out when we ask them about what's your dream. They think that it has to be something really grand and impressive and... They really struggle with it and we do it like, no, this is it. It's super simple. It's exactly what I want to do, something that I feel passionate about, that I feel fulfilled with, that I want just to do this to feel like I'm really lighting up, something that lights me up. And I love how simple it is, yet so powerful because you are so connected to it. And I could see your face light up as you were sharing <laughs> oh, yeah. it, which is awesome. It's awesome. I have some drawings. I have some drawings of the architecture of how the of how the restaurant would be. You're starting to create yeah. it as well. This is beautiful. Yeah. This is awesome in the making. So, what would be a book that you recommend that created a high impact mm. in your life? Uh, I read a lot of books, uh, but there's one recent book that I've read I loved. Uh, it's called The Hard Things About Hard Things, mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna spoil it for you. I'm just going to say that it focuses on how there's no perfect recipe for anything in life. Nothing at all. And uh, you always need to uh, try, fail, and reiterate for you to know what works best for your business, for your life, for your family, and uh, what your goals are. Like defining your actual goals will only show uh, when... Uh, you when you fail and go up so it he uh, he gives the author gives actual uh, uh, examples of his life and uh, I would also describe it as uh, AI meaning that how AI basically how we use artificial intelligence to uh, and machine learning to actually come up with the perfect algorithm but you need to put some uh, different variables in there and see what you need to weigh best. And this is the same thing with, uh, uh, with your life and with your goals. You need to try a bit of work and a bit of uh, side hustles and a bit of, uh, uh, you know, uh, hobbies and family and love and, I don't know, um, some stupid stuff maybe as well, and see what balance you would find for yourself that would work best for you with time. And this is exactly with time. You, you need to do it several times to perfect it. Not to perfect it, but to come to a conclusion where you're happy with it. There's a lot of testing involved, just like in the entrepreneurial world. It's like pretty much build your mix, oh, yeah. test it, measure what works, what doesn't, learn from it, and then create again another recipe. Oh, yeah. If you were to throw a 30-day challenge, Sarah, to our listeners, a 30-day challenge that you believe would change their life, mm. what would this challenge be? I got inspired from my friend Noor. I was talking to him uh, the other day and he was like, you know, Sada, what is it that, how can you get yourself a side hustle that would pay you money? And I'm like, interesting. Uh, I never thought about this before. How 
you can have it make money. But I'm going to tell you what is the best thing that worked for me, at least. And uh, what did work for me is monetize your passion. Again, as I said, uh, as we started the conversation, make sure that whatever uh, thing that you would want to make money out of is something you're passionate about and you're good at. For example, let's say filmmaking. Uh, you were, uh, 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 let's say Noor works in the tech system uh, and uh, uh, he is passionate about filmmaking and music. So I told him, go volunteer. And it's very important to focus on the word volunteer. Go volunteer with one of the companies that you know would offer you the best experience on filmmaking and say, I just want to help in any way. And after doing that, you will learn skills and you'll be able to add them to your portfolio. After you volunteer, you would eventually become so good that they would want to hire you for side projects. And that's how you would be able to make money. I used to tell them, if Google would hire me to make them pancakes, just pancakes, I would go. And I will just learn from the team there, the culture and all of that. And it's not about the money sometimes. It's really about the experience. So the challenge I would throw, uh, the 30-day challenge I would throw is find, uh, first indicate what your passion is. Try to uh, spot it out. Try to know what is it that you would like to do in your free time. And whatever it is, just go to a company or to an institution, NGO, I don't know, to a friend and offer your help for free completely for 30 days. Learn something new, add it to your portfolio, excel in it, and uh, try to find a paying a side hustle out of it. This is awesome. I absolutely love this idea of you know what, just do it for free, get really good at it in an environment that you would learn a lot from, think about how much you're going to learn as opposed to how much you're going to make, and then take that mm -hmm. and create that massive ripple effect out of this moving forward because now you have a very strong portfolio oh, and yeah. you have this confidence that has been built around something that you love, that you're passionate about, and see how is it that you're going to maximize it moving forward. So it's pretty much looking at how is it that you're investing your time for the future and uh, really doing the hard yards and delayed gratification as opposed to the right now I want my instant gratification right here and right now. I absolutely love this challenge. It's been an absolute pleasure Sarah talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. It was a real pleasure having you. Thank you girl. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. I was just happy to share my story with you Carol and I'm uh, looking forward to uh, speaking to you very soon as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Carol Issa, and you've been listening to the Leadership Activators podcast. And if you're loving listening to this podcast, I'd love for you to write a review and leave a comment on what you've been learning and enjoying the most. I'm looking forward to being with you again very soon in the next episode.